Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Well, welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference. Today's guest is Brandon Wrencher and the Blackburn House in Todd, North Carolina. The Blackburn House is a ministry birthed out of Boone United Methodist, which includes a small rural parish, an intentional community, and community development and outreach. And we're going to find out more about this ministry today. And we have on the, the phone today Brandon Wrencher. He's uh, in Greensboro. And we have Jeremiah Stantonrich, who is on the phone at the Blackburn House. And just a disclosure for everyone, Jeremiah is my son, so uh, know that uh, I, I'm showing no favorites. He just happens to be part of this program. So welcome, Brandon and Jeremiah. Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, um, Brandon, give us a little background on the Blackburn House, its history, uh, how it all happened, how you got involved. Yeah, sure. So history um, – Black Branch Chapel, United Methodist Church, um, was a part of a, I think, three-point charge. Um, historically, um, they called it the Todd Charge. And uh, about 10 years ago, the church was down to just a few members about to close its doors. And um, those few members that were left really felt like God was leading them to keep the church alive in the neighborhood. There was still a lot of ministry to do um, in the community. And so they began calling folks at Boone UMC, um, folks that had grown up in the neighborhood and attended the church as children that had moved away, either in the county, but just they weren't in the local neighborhood anymore, and then also some folks even as far as Asheville. And um, just told them to come on back and sort of dream with um, the, the few members that were left at the church and see what God might have in store for Library Chapel in the neighborhood. And they um, connected with uh, Jason Biasi at Boone UMC and Jeff McLean, one of the associate pastors, and started really thinking of this idea of bringing out young people to Todd, um, which is about 15 minutes from Boone, a little kind of remote area. It's now become a bit of a bedroom community as there's been more kind of gentrification and tourism um, in the area, a lot of second homeowners, et cetera. And um, it's sort of become a sort of getaway, um, a kind of almost kind of like a suburb of Boone, and so they had had this long history of allowing a lot of the Wesley Foundation students at Appalachian State University right there in Boone to come out and do a lot of their lay speaking, and many of those folks are now clergy in the Western North Carolina Conference, and so they wanted to build on that tradition at Blackburn's Chapel and open up the parsonage um, to these young people. Um, there was some barriers in the way, though, um, in that the church um, couldn't well, actually, the, the parsonage, excuse me, was co-owned by this, this charge. And so in order to move forward with this vision, uh, Blackburn Chapel needed to figure out if they were going to um, stay on the charge, stay open, merge with Boone UMC, and how they were going to actually purchase this house. And so um, with the direction and guidance of Jason Biasi and some lay folks from Boone UMC, they decided to write a grant to the Duke Endowment and um, they knew they had sort of these key pieces. They knew they wanted the parsonage to be owned by the local church so that it could be used for mission. They knew they wanted young people to come out 
and explore ministry in the church and the community. And they knew that long-term they wanted to just see vitality in both the church and the community. And so that's really what launched this idea of the Blackburn House. Originally, the language of intentional community was put into that first grant, and I think most folks didn't really know uh, what an intentional community was, but there was at least um, some interest around this kind of bubbling movement around the new monasticism um, in the wider church. And so it was at least worth exploring and identifying this new ministry with that movement. Uh, so that's some history. That's really cool. So um, tell us about your role, Brandon, uh, and a little bit more about you. How did you get involved with this ministry? Yeah, so I was in Chicago um, finishing up my Master of Divinity degree at North Park Theological Seminary um, there in Chicago. And um, I had originally went to seminary to, to not actually pastor in a local church. I had my background is in campus ministry and missions and discipleship kind of ministries. And so I, I wanted to go to seminary to obviously get training to be better equipped for that ministry, but ultimately I wanted to go into do doctoral studies um, to be able to teach and speak um, uh, in particular issues related to uh, racial justice and mission um, and discipleship. Um, and so that plan kind of got thwarted while I was in seminary. I took a class called Vocational Excellence that really opened up my eyes to the possibilities of me being in uh, pastoral ministry in the local church. I had just not taken it seriously but really did feel the call but didn't want to um, just kind of turn a sort of blind eye to it. And um, after that, I sort of shifted things in terms of my, my plans. I was in my uh, final year there in North Park and needed to figure out, well, if I'm going to pursue the local church, I really need to explore ordination, um, and I really would like to be back home because um, my wife and I are both from North Carolina. And so we began searching and trying to find some internships um, in United Methodist Churches back in North Carolina, and every door got closed in my face as I reached out to folks um, back in North Carolina. And so we just sort of decided, okay, well, maybe God is just saying it's not time. You need to stay in Chicago. Um, and so we sort of settled on that. And then there was this job advertisement that crossed the desk of one of the administrators at the seminary. And it was recruiting, the job advertisement was recruiting for um, residents for this intentional community in um, Todd. Now, I, I grew up in North Carolina all my life, but um, I never heard of Todd. I knew about Boone. And so my wife and I were curious, and even the advertisement was they were really recruiting for um, recent college graduates and single folks is what it said on the, the page. So we really kind of took a, a bit of a kind of step of faith even reaching out to see if we would even, they would even be interested in us because we didn't technically meet the qualifications. And so I called just out of um, a long shot and said, would you be interested in having a young family? We had just had our son, our first son, Philip. Um, he was just a couple months old. And obviously I was graduating from seminary, so I wasn't a recent college graduate. And the current director at the time and pastor, um, Lindsay Long, um, turns out she was actually looking for someone to replace her. Um, and because uh, she was leaving, heading out because she was getting married. And so the, the way we framed it um, with the folks at Boone UMC and the leaders there at Blackburn's Chapel is that I would come for a year to observe and um, to listen and build trust and begin to sort of build a lot of capacity around the ministry um, to sort of move forward in the future. So it was really a unique 
opportunity. And here's a funny, a funny fact about it. One of the doors that was closed in my that sort of closed on me when I was looking for internships was actually Boone UMC. Um, when I had called and talked directly to Jason, um, he was like, I don't have anything for you. And part of it was because he just didn't think that I'd be interested in something like um, this, you know, really eclectic uh, rural ministry out in Todd. And another part of it is because he, I'm, my, my wife and I are both African-Americans, and um, Todd is an all-white community. Uh, and so I think also there was some, um, you know, since especially since Jason and I had just sort of formed a relationship there just wasn't, I think, uh, um, uh, I think he just didn't think I'd be interested in something like that. And so, uh, you know, by the Holy Spirit sort of divine sort of guidance, I ended up right in Todd and connected back to Jason and Booney MC, which is really neat. So, Yeah, that is a great story, and it's sort of a way to come full circle. And, yeah, I, I haven't been out to Todd in a long time, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to come out and see Jeremiah this fall uh, sometime. Cool. So we got Jeremiah on the line. Um, my son living in the house this year is a part of the cohort. So, Jeremiah, tell us what your day-to-day life is like. What it, What is life like at the Blackburn house? Oh, man, it's wild <laughs> um, to put it put it simply um but no just um it, it's a lot of work i've put a lot of work in um the last couple of weeks and um the weeks to come i know that there's a lot more work to do um so i've been assigned several different service sites throughout um the community of todd and then throughout the community of boone too um so a lot of what i do um goes through um the gifts and the talents that that I've told Brandon and I've told the uh, the Blackburn House staff um, what I'm good at, and I'm good at being outdoors. I'm being I'm good at working with my hands, um, and so they found ministries um, like the Firewood Ministry at Boone um, that I go to on Tuesdays and on Saturdays. Um, so they found ministries like that that I can that I can get involved with, um, and then Elkin Art Center and what they're doing with. Um, with art and with wood, um, and just being able to work, um, being able to work outside and being able to work with my hands is, um, a lot of what I do from day to day. And then also, um, we have a connection with the, the local school system, um, and so we, we go in and we, we help tutor, um, second and third grade kids, um, with math and reading. And so that's a really, it's a really interesting thing that I've never done before, um, but something that I'm beginning to enjoy more and more um, as the weeks go by. Good. Now, uh, being a part of this intentional community, uh, I'm guessing that prayer and uh, worship is a part of your every week plans? Yes. Um, So we pray um, between four and five times a week, um, and then we're able to worship at Black Ranch Chapel on Sunday. Okay, and as I understand it, uh, you help lead worship at Blackburn's Chapel. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, <laughs> part, yeah, part of the Sundays, um, uh, I can read liter- or literature and uh, read scripture, and um, sometimes I lead the call to worship, and yeah, just whatever whatever they need me need me to do, I'm there to there to help out. 
Well, you you come by that naturally since uh, you grew up with a pastor as a father, and you have throughout your life done what you've been asked to do. So uh, that's a pretty normal thing. Um, any uh, other thing that you would share about your experience in the house this uh, fall? I mean, you've only been there a couple of months now, but anything uh, that's just jumped out at you and said, wow, this is pretty special? Um, yeah, so um, a couple weeks ago, one of our one of our residents broke her ankle, uh, broke their ankle um, walking down the hill that we have here. Um, that was a really tough thing. It was like the start of, um, like when our service sites were, were ramping up. Uh, it was like the Monday that that, that was starting up. Um, and we were, on, we were actually on our way to a service site. And so she broke her ankle, and we, we had to take her to urgent care. Um, and that was like a really hard thing to to watch and to be a part of, but um, the really cool thing about this community and, um, and that ta that, that I've learned about and that I've seen over um, over her recovery over the last couple weeks is um, is how awesome they are. Like people will just come over um, and bring flowers and bring her and bring them food. Um, that's a beautiful thing. That's um, that's what it, that, that's what it means to be a part of community. Um, We've seen it um, firsthand um, through this seemingly um, tough experience, but um, we were able to see the like the love and, and joy of God, and, and even in this in this tough moment. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what what stood out to me so far the last couple of weeks. Very cool. Well, Brandon, I know that one of the things that you uh, did early on. Um, Y'all all went out to Los Angeles to a community development uh, uh, seminar. Um, tell us some other things that are going to be happening during this year as a part of the cohort, but a part of the entire ministry at Boom and at Todd. Yeah. So um, there's sort of kind of maybe three movements to Black Grand House. Jeremiah is, is really um, um, share really beautifully about the, the service component of that a big part of what they do is. Um, connect with service sites in the community, and and those service sites have emerged through the the asset based community development work that we've done, building partnerships and coalition building to to see kind of systemic and cultural and social change in the neighborhood. And so um, we, in some ways, people call us a sort of volunteer clearinghouse for Todd. So if any if there's any needs in the community, folks call us, and um, we we sort of show up. And so service is a big part of what the Blackburn House does, as well as um, other internships that we provide for folks that aren't necessarily coming from a faith background. They want to engage in this kind of work, um, and maybe they're at the university, and we form some partnerships there. Um, but then also this um, aspect of prayer and worship is super crucial, and Jeremiah has uh, spoken to you about that as well. And then study is also a really important component of this, too, so we we um, study and sort of learning, and so we, we have a, a weekly study time that we call the Beloved Community Study, and uh, we invite folks from the wider community to come out, and we have an a extended curriculum throughout the year that's um, both reading text and watching films and sort of having some um, kinesthetic kind of opportunities as well to kind of actually go out and be there in the heat of Jesus and different kind of service projects. And then another component of the learning is exactly what you mentioned, um, Michael, which is going to conferences, different kinds of professional development opportunities. And so 
there are at least two that we do for the entire cohort uh, for the year. So we, we've already went to CCDA in Los Angeles, which we have a longstanding relationship with them. It was a great conference, great time together. And then we try to go to something a little bit more local and grassroots um, in the spring. And so I'm not sure what that's going to be yet because the conference schedules are kind of ramping up right now for the spring. So we'll, it'll have something to do with mission um, or contemplative activism or something like that. Um, but then also we try to connect each one of the residents with some kind of professional development that's particular to their passions and gifts and talents and call. And so one example that is, is sort of immediately bubbling up is um, Mary, the young woman that Jeremiah was just talking about, that broke her foot. She's really passionate about community organizing. And so there's an opportunity this November um, to go to the Highlander Center, a longstanding um, organization um, with training up leaders all across the country, um, even train folks like Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. back in the civil mm-hmm. rights movement to, to, to seek systemic change uh, for the betterment of our country and our communities. And they're holding a faith-rooted organizing training that um, is primarily for um, millennial leaders. And so um, because of my connection with CCDA, uh, we were invited to invite some um, young folks to come out to that, and so I'm hoping Mary's going to be able to come, depending on how she's feeling with her leg, et cetera, because she actually broke her ankle, and so um, so depending on the recovery. But that's those sorts of things happen throughout the year as well. The learning is a big part of it. Um, in terms of the broader organization, Blackburn Community Outreach and uh, and the church, Blackburn Chapel, a lot of the work that we do is really around listening, listening to the mm. community to figure out what's the real pulse here, what are the kind of the sort of systemic sort of patterns that we see around uh, felt needs and issues or concerns that we that are in the community, but then also how are we just sort of taking a kind of contemplative stance in the community so that we're keeping our sort of presence there, so that even if there's sort of isolated um, issues that come up between with individuals or families that maybe it's not widespread across the community that we find some kind of way to respond. So a lot of it is really engaging the community and mobilizing them for the kind of sustainable change that we want to see in the community. And that tends to cluster into a few different areas around education, um, around economics, around the environment. We have a community garden. We address hunger in the the area. Um, And then one of the recent, um, very recent sort of discoveries that we've uh, come across in our listening is the real need for a a new community hub um, in Todd. Our Todd General Store it has a longstanding history um, in the community of being not only a place where folks can go and get staple goods, uh, uh, you know, a, a nice bologna sandwich or something, um, but also it's, you know, historically been a place where people gather and connect um, in ways that are, have been really, really meaningful. And it's uh, also been a, a place where a lot of the kind of history and oral history and storytelling has happened. And that store closed down several years ago. And uh, it's been a real sore spot, both in t- like visually, like like visibly when you you come down the main downtown of Todd, it's just kind of sitting there with a huge t- for sale sign up there. But then also like it's provided you know such a gap in the community in terms of connection, and um, you know just moving forward with the kind of sustainability we want to see for our rural community. So we are uh, exploring the possibility of providing a prototype of the general store and launching our own uh, version of that store um, with with the kind of capacity that we have. And um, there's other 
because our rural community, even though we have a lot of gentrification, there's also a lot of buildings um, that are run down and needing to be rehabbed and restored. And uh, very recently, a community group restored uh, an old Episcopal church. Um, and so they're looking for uh, some someone to really operate something meaningful that the community wants to see that's sustainable out of that, that church. And so we're hoping to find some kind of venue to do some research and develop a plan to kind of move forward with um, this prototype of the general store. And the last thing I'll say is um, the question of sustainability often comes up in the kind of work that we do because uh, with these kind of um, widespread systemic kind of um, challenges that we face, especially in a rural community, there's always the question of how can you continue to afford this, right? How Will this last? And what we've discovered is that a couple of the biggest assets that we have in our rural community are natural resources and people. And so where there is maybe not the kind of monetary value or asset, we have asset and value in people and in natural resources. And as, you know, part of what we're trying to do is to make sure that we're always using the gifts and the wisdom um, that exists in our community so that folks have buy-in and commitment and they can sort of share all that they are or that they want to contribute to the local community so that things stay going. Um, and so that's really important. So we're exploring using this prototype of the general store not as a traditional sort of um, business model but a social enterprise where everything that we provide in terms of products will be things that impact, have a social impact on the community. So, uh, mm. so those are the sorts of things that we're trying to do, and it's really fun and exciting, and Blackburn House plays a really crucial role in uh, helping us do that. Okay. We're going to take a break right now and come back and uh, just get some specifics for those that are still listening about um, how they can get involved. So here's a word from the Western North Carolina Conference. Hi, I'm Liz Bichelle, video coordinator for the Western North Carolina Conference. While my responsibilities include coordinating videos and recording audio, other members of the systems and communications team work with databases and computers. Other departments at the conference deal with finances, and others help build vital churches and assist in the clergy. While each one of us at the conference staff have differing gifts and skills, we all work together for one mission, to follow Jesus, make disciples, and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church whose mission is to build the church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people as well as helping churches and related institutions invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can find out more about the United Methodist Foundation Western North Carolina at the show's website, which is umconnect.info. And so we're back uh, with Brandon Wrencher and Jeremiah Stantonrich with the Blackburn House. And um, uh, you covered a lot. We had a late break. So uh, I'm just going to move on to some later questions that I had for you. So how can a local church get involved in this kind of ministry? Um, well, um, if, if what you mean you mean in terms of um, getting connected with what we're doing out in Todd or sort of starting something like that on their own? Well, let's uh, let's talk about how they might want to um, be involved in this on their own, but then we're going to get into how can people support the ministry of the Blackburn House. Awesome. Sounds good. I would say, um, you know, part of it is, I mean, 
a big part of what we do sort of in terms of strategy with Blackburn Community Outreach is sort of what I mentioned before the break, which is really listening, right? Um, you know, the technical term for this is grassroots organizing. Um, but I think it's really important to sort of listen to and discover and identify the kind of assets that you have already in your community, in your church, um, and in your wider community. And assets fall upon lots of different sort of categories, but what, what, what are people concerned about? What kind of interests do they have? Um, and then what kind of skills do they bring to the table? What other kinds of um, sort of natural resources or organizational resources do you have in your community? And I think if you see something sort of coming together around leadership development, um, particularly for young adults, um, I think that something like an intentional community um, could be, or we call them missional communities too, could be a, a step in the right direction um, because it breeds really new and fresh life and energy into to ministry for a local church, um, provides a lot of opportunity for relationship and mentoring, and really to make an impact in the wider community for Jesus. So, um, so I think starting with that listening process is really important. Okay. So how would folks get involved with supporting uh, the work of Blackburn House um, directly? Yeah, so um, I think that one of the best ways to, to really um, connect with us and support what we're doing is to, um, tell, you know, spread the word. Word of mouth is, is still a very effective form of communication, and um, there's always a, a point in time towards um, early winter uh, um, and, and early spring where we're doing a lot of recruiting because we sort of we have each year a new cohort that comes into the Blackburn House. So, um, you know, telling your young adults about it, promoting kind of the ministry and um, letting folks know what's happening. In terms of this current cohort, um, give us a call. Send us an email. Um, we love to host um, groups. So we, we have space in the Blackburn House. We have a room that we call the, the Christ Room, which is sort of our hospitality room for folks when they come. And because of our connections in the community, we have tons of opportunities to people up for a place to stay and we love to have you come up and maybe volunteer with a service project with us or um, attend worship with us um, or just kind of have a, a meal and get to know us uh, I think that's really important uh, and then there's always uh, opportunities to give financially uh, we'd love for uh, you to support in that kind of way if you feel led and you can check out our website and there's a link there that you can press uh, to donate financially and, and of course keep us in your prayer um, write letters follow the blog um, there are several different ways in which you can connect with this existing cohort, the residents that we have this year, and then also uh, moving into next year as we recruit for a new a new group of of leaders. So, all right, and that uh, web address is theblackburnhouse.com, and uh, it will be on our show's website and. Uh, it is on this uh, Blog Talk Radio site as well. So click on it and find out more about what they're doing. It's a fascinating thing. So, Jeremiah, um, you being um, part of the cohort this year, I, I'm going to give you the last word at least. And if you don't go long enough, Brandon gets to finish it off. But <laughs> what, what, is, what is the word that you have for folks uh, listening today? What do you want to tell them? Um, yeah, this is this is an amazing ministry um and i haven't i haven't been a part of it very long um only it'll be about two months um in a few days um but the work that we're doing down here um is meaningful um and it, it may not be life changing for um the people of this community um or i might not see i might not see that change yet or 
or this year um, or in the years to come. Um, but I know that at the end of this year, my life is going to be a changed at least. Um, the rest of the residents that um, that I'm with, our lives will be um, will be better because of this year um, of being able to serve um, this community, being able to serve um, the high country, um, being able to um, to use our our very different talents of of art and um, working outside um, and 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 everything that we have, um, being able to give all of that into um, into this little rural place, <laughs> um, it's it's gonna be worth it. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to to get to work with Brandon and all that um, that he that he's doing because um, he's been a, a very valuable mentor for me so far. Um, I'm excited to to spend the rest of the year with him. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for. Um, for everything that's happening, for everything that's going to come um, over the next year. <laughs> All right. Well, that's probably the most I've ever gotten out of my son for any length of time. Uh, so <laughs> thanks, Jeremiah. So, Brandon, yeah. I'm going to give you, say, the last 30 seconds. So what, what do you want to say to everybody listening? Um, you know, I think what I'll say is um, don't underestimate um, – the the Holy Spirit's uh, empowerment in in young people to to go out and take risks for Jesus and to be Jesus' hand and feet in your community, um, and also um, in particular, I'm obviously speaking to some of the older folks in our churches. Um, there's many different ways that you can support that kind of ministry, even if you don't feel like you have the energy or the the capacity to do that kind of work, you know, through your prayers through um, bringing flowers to folks when they fall because they're going on a, to a service site, there are ways for you to engage and support um, the ministry that the United Methodist Church is all about, which is making disciples for the transformation of the world. And you can do that right in your community um, through empowering and inviting young adults to um, to, to really impact the wider community uh, for Jesus. So uh, I, I definitely commend you to that work. All right. Well, thanks to the both of you for giving your time today, and thanks, everyone, for listening to us on Blog Talk Radio. The show will be available shortly as a podcast at the Blog Talk Radio page on the show's website and on iTunes. So keep up with the latest at umconnect.info. We're going to be back next week connecting United Methodists and their stories. Hang on. There we go. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about them on the Sponsors section of the website, umconnect.info. I'm Michael Rich, and you've been listening to Connect.